You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day, pod lovers, podcasters, podlings, and welcome to Behind the Podcast, the podcast that opens the studio doors and takes a peek behind the microphone to tell you, the listener, the producer, the creator, the aficionado, what's happening in the podverse. I'm Jules, and with me, as always, is Stocks. Hello. On this week's episode, Australian podcast advertising on the rise. Oh, that stings. A casts its results and Conan the Conqueror. So, Stocks, Australian podcasting is taking big leaps and the advertising on them. Sounds like they're really getting a lot more exposure. Yeah, ARN, uh, who licensed iHeartRadio in Australia, um, has recently shared new data from Magellan AI. Basically, it says overall spending in the Australian podcast advertising grew by 33% year on year compared to quarter three 2021. It's good news. That's great news. It does seem film and uh, TV and film category has also grown quite rapidly. So it's probably worth saying that they're up 285%. But, yeah. you know, they're established channels and, and there's been a big sort of advertising push, you know, off the back of COVID and everything. Though maybe this is all going to be slowing up a bit in time. You see what's happening with the likes of Facebook and Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. It does, but it shows you, I guess, a nice marriage between streamers and podcasting. And streaming services see podcasting as a good way to promote their new shows. Now, there are a couple of categories that are seeing particular rises in the amount of advertising that's going on there. Uh, The surprising one for me was history, which is up 115%. So anyone who's a budding historian and wants to release a podcast, this might be a good little place for you to look into. It's interesting. I mean, we've got one history podcast on our network. I don't listen to any history podcast since Dan Carlin really packed it up. The four and five hour episodes took it out of you a bit. I loved it, but he, he packed up. Yeah. He stopped doing it. And there were no ads on that. So, look, that's interesting. That's a complete, yeah, complete surprise to me. True crime is touted as one of the most popular categories you know, regularly. Um, this is up 91% as well, so that should be a surprise to no one really there. But interesting to see that that's still capturing the imagination of audiences. Yeah, I guess the thing with true crime's always been it's huge with audiences, but it's always been tough to monetize. So that's what we've always been told by all the sort of salespeople we've worked with. Great, but subject matter makes it tough to monetize. But I think people have got around that. I think true crime's just become such a beast now. And how many people do we know who listen to true crime podcasts who go to sleep? A lot. Yeah, so I mean, it's just hopefully that's all changed. Well, obviously that's all changed now. So sex sales is going to be changing to death sales. My goodness. And sports is up 62% as well. We're Australians. We can't go too long without mentioning sports. So that one should also be a little surprise. But I think, you know, that's the kind of the same philosophy and strategy that a lot of the big streaming companies are looking for. How do they get live sport into those streamers and away from the traditional cable networks and what have you? Yeah. And look, sports betting has got to be playing a role of the top 15 advertisers in Q3 of uh, this year. Uh, That's two sports betting companies, Ned's at number three and Labrock's at number nine. So those guys are pumping money into sports podcasting. All these challenger brands and it's a bit you know, more cost effective probably to get in there on, on advertising, advertising on podcasts rather than on above the line. Yeah, look, a quick just flash through the top 10 before we wrap this up. Amazon number one, which is interesting because Amazon's advertising on podcasts yet taking ads off their own podcasts. Um, so no one knows more <laughs> about advertising, I guess, than Amazon. McDonald's, good old Macca's. Ned's, Calm, Airbnb, Monash University, bizarrely at six. It'd be interesting to see what, I guess, what their results are from that. And Budget Direct, who I've had a few of those. L'Oreal, obviously, I guess, not in my demographic of podcasts. 
Labrox and MacBank, and I have heard a few, quite a few MacBank ads, which is quite interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, the the amount of ads that are coming up now before the before any shows that I listen to is is you know obviously <laughs> on the increase, um, and there are a few key players also. That, you know, you, you regularly hear, and I think you know MacBank. Ladbrokes, I hear a lot just based on some of the genres that I'm listening to, but yeah. Be interesting. I wouldn't mind sort of following that up and just let's see if we can contact someone from Monash and see if there's a strategy behind this. I'm really yeah, cool. keen to know about that. Okay, SCA IQ Veritonic Audio Logo Index for 2022 is out. Now, that's a mouthful. Certainly so is. Sorry about that. But what basically this is, is audio logos. So something like... Netflix logo, audio logo, the boom, mm-hmm. or HBO with their white noise. So basically, this is the list of Aussie audio logos. So what I might do here is I've got the top 10. I reckon you're going to know a few of them. Yep. Why don't we run through each one, one to 10, and see if you can basically remember them or I'm, repeat them. I'm game. I'm All right, game. let's I'm do in. it. Bunnings. Bunnings Warehouse. Damn. Menu log. Menu log. Yeah, I mean, that's one from Snoop Dogg to Katy Perry. That's right. I mean, that is an absolute fucking earworm. Um, Chemist Warehouse. Chemist Warehouse. Is Chemist Warehouse pretty similar to Bunnings? <laughs> or am I just really toned down? You're just going to yell them all out. <laughs> okay. At number four, O'Brien. Oh, 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 O'Brien. Really? Is that it? I think so. Yeah, right. I don't know. Bob Jane T-Mart. Bob Jane T-Mart. There you go. Double AMI. Oh, I don't think I actually know that one. Another Lucky g- you're with Amy. There you go. That's a good. Toyota. Oh, what a feeling. Is it still? Yeah, it must be. We wouldn't give that up. Ah, BCF. It's BCF and good. Uh, we are getting paid for none of this, by the way. Yeah. McDonald's. Ah, uh, jeez, I was about to say it's Mac time, but is, is it, it that? Dun, I'm dun, loving it. Dun, dun, I'm loving it. Yeah. And then Telstra. Is there's just more of like a din, 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 din sort of thing? I don't know. All right. Well, look. There's obviously a bit of recall in those stings. And I think, as you know, we've noted on the past, if you try and do a quick little skip past the ads when you're about to listen to a podcast, you quite often hear the last couple of seconds of it. So it's well worth having a nice little you know audio identity that finishes up your ad. Yeah, Netflix is the strongest one for me. Absolutely. And HBO's got a good HBO. one as well. Yeah, The White Noise. Bunnings is number one for the third straight year. Incredible. So they're doing something right. Definitely don't change that. But Menu Log for me is very strong. Yeah, you're able to change artists, and just it, it's an absolute earworm for me. Totally. So we're back into the old jingle days of of traditional TV advertising and radio. Yeah, yeah. So look, the study did have a few little uh, three little factors that contribute to a successful audio logo. One is sing it, as you've just shown. Melody matters. Logos with a melody were 54 percent more memorable. Say it, words matter. When a brand is mentioned, audio logos are 30 percent more memorable. And then play it. Frequency matters. Yeah. Just ram it through our brains. Yeah, absolutely. Repetition. We'll link to the report if that's your jam. Now, we did did drop an emergency pod last week because of uh, the ACAST deal with Amazon. Uh, In the interim, ACAST has released its interim report covering January to September. Now that ACAST is a public company, um, it's great we get these reports they've got to report all of their sort of profitability yep you can have a sneaky little peek under the hood absolutely so revenue is up 21 percent, but it's still not profitable share price is down 4.3 percent for the year and looking at a website simply wall street which does give you sort of buy sell ratings on stocks they say 
ACAST is currently unprofitable and not forecast to become profitable over the next three years. So, I mean, is there anything there that's a, a surprise? I don't know. I mean, I think like a lot of these companies, they're investing a lot in and, you know, they're not getting those returns necessarily yet, but are they building, you know, the foundations to see those profits in the future and, and building up libraries and doing those sorts of things that, you know, might not see that immediate return, but there could be a potential future that we hope there is, you know, for the sake of the industry. Um, but maybe the, the opportunity there is for any kind of day traders out there to jump on. Maybe there's another little dip on the way and then you could get it on the way up. Who knows? Yeah, look, Spotify's down 56% this year. So I don't think going being down 4% is a particularly alarming trend there. <laughs> there was one interesting statistic there. They say they're getting $22 per thousand listens in terms of revenue. So if you're looking at advertising, a CPM for just what they call, a, um, I guess, a programmatic ad, which is one that's just plugged in by the brand, voiced by some professional, not, mm-hmm. not host read, you're coming in about 15 to 20 bucks, 15, 25 bucks for one of those ads. When you get to up to a host read ad, you're looking at sort of 60 bucks, up to 75 bucks for per thousand. Uh, dollars per thousand listens um, and then you're looking at fill rates of somewhere between 40 and 60 percent for big shows mm-hmm. or oh, something huge like hamish and andy would be at 100 percent fill rate because they just sell out all the slots so it's interesting that i guess across their entire catalog of podcasts which is anything from a rinky dink podcast up to uh, i believe they represent wondering in the uk and they've got all the guardian they've got bbc so very big podcasts um, it's interesting they're getting $22 per thousand listens, so mm. everything that's going up. That'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on and see if other people do report those statistics. Yeah, mm. absolutely, and it'll give us some good comparison to go across the networks. Now, let's go to something that you and I love, late-night comedy shows. Now, Trevor Noah and James Corden have both recently announced they'd step away from their nightly shows, something that was probably unthinkable to, these two guys are in their absolute prime. You yeah. normally, like, you look to Jay Leno, Johnny Carson, David Letterman, you had to sort of pry them out of the chair. That's right. And often they would leave and come back. Yeah. See Jay Leno and Conan O'Brien. So is this the demise of um, late night comedy? And if you look at something like uh, Conan O'Brien, he's completely given up and shifted to podcasting with his team Coco. And they're going hell for leather on podcasting. Right Absolutely. Now. It's somewhat of a surprise based on the prestige of the of the shows and, and you know, that role as host um, historically. But in the context of, you know, how things have been going, how consumers viewing habits and all of that kind of thing, you know, it, it sort of makes a bit of sense. I mean, formerly you had to wait up to watch these shows and if you didn't watch it, you missed it. And, you know, if people were talking about that and, and you know, around the water cooler or what have you, then you missed out on that. Yeah. But... When YouTube came out, the internet obviously became more and more relevant in, in our lives. You could start to break out little segments of those things and, and watch them at later dates, watch shows that had been up in the past. You know, it was all there for you. Someone had uploaded it somewhere on YouTube. And some people, Corden and, and Jimmy Fallon, to be fair. They memified their shows. Yeah, absolutely. They started to really lean into that and create content that was inverted commas viral that people could really share and it was snackable and and, you know you see this a bit with even things like snl as well they have these digital shorts and things that they make specifically to try and do that Mm. um that can live outside of those you know the live show that happens at the time yeah so things like carpool karaoke went viral and it was sort of always on yeah that's right really commentary on the news and then what jimmy fallon even had that uh lip sync battle Mm -hmm. which turned into a tv show yeah so, yeah. I mean, that was really, yeah, going to memify this stuff. And it's gone, I guess you've got guys like Seth Myers and I guess Colbert who are still trying to be commentating on the, the zeitgeist and politics and what's going on in the US during the day. 
But then they're competing with Twitter. So you had um, two of Team Coco's guys, which is uh, Mike Sweeney and Jesse Gaskell, who are long long-time writers for Conan, and they host the Inside Conan podcast. They they on a panel recently. And they're saying that late night shows can no longer compete with the news cycle. They just can't compete with a comedian on Twitter. You're filming a late night show at four in the afternoon. It's going on at 11.30 at night. In that time, you become irrelevant. Yeah. And you see, you know, speaking of James Corden, sometimes you might see jokes that come out that have actually been, you know, either purposefully or not lifted from comedians' Twitter feed. So, yeah. Like a little sidebar, I'm loving the backlash on James Corden. There's quite a bit, isn't there? (laughs) I never thought I'd see that happen, but here we go. (laughs) Assumingly one of the most nicest guys, but it turns out perhaps not. Maybe. Team Coco is pushing big into the space, as we're saying. They've just announced that they're going to launch... An exclusive Sirius XM, which is what satellite radio mm-hmm. channel, that for twenty four seven will be the um, playing comedy. Basically, it'll be Team Coco Radio. It'll have all of Conan's shows. Um, it'll have the interviews, stand up moments from Conan's iconic TBS show, as well as his Team Coco podcast, including his Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend podcast, plus Inside Conan and Conan O'Brien Needs a Fan, and he'll have fresh commentary. So it's going to be all you can eat, Conan. Well, look, I'm a massive Conan fan uh, from a long way back. I sort of have styled myself in a lot of ways, being a, a pasty, somewhat redheaded person to. Tall, goofy guy. That's right. It's, he really just, you know, is the shining beacon for all of us out there. With with the of the fair of complexion, so I couldn't be more excited about this. To be perfectly honest with you, I think it's fantastic. I think he's such a huge talent, and you know, while the networks are trying to get you know the next best thing or whatever, podcasting and this sort of a deal just ensures that talents like this don't go away, and they're they're given the space and the breadth to do everything. Like he knows so much. And speaking about history before, like he's an absolute history buff. Like I'm sure he'll find you know new and interesting ways to sort of talk about those sorts of interests. Plus, just interview people and, and obviously that comedy landing as well. There's going to yeah. be no shortage of stuff to listen to there. And the Kind of Needs a Friend podcast is very radio style, that US radio style, two hosts, or yeah. sorry, two co hosts, and they're sort of bouncing off in that Howard Sterney style. I listened to him interview uh, John Bernthal recently because mm-hmm. I'm basically into anything that's John Bernthal right now. Right, including his podcast? Yeah, I, uh, that's an interesting podcast, actually. So he talked about that, but also the one thing I saw with Conan is he's still stuck in that same stick of. Being that sort of, oh no, I'm a little nerdy guy and me, and if I get hit like that, and I was like, dude, you're, you're like 60 now. Uh, <laughs> you got accomplished. And, yeah, but he's also just funny, and he's a great writer, and he's a really funny guy, and he's still falling back into that shtick, and I thought, oh man, like maybe let that shtick go and just be funny. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. That's just my negative feedback there, and maybe because I'm a little hungover today, I'm just being a bit of a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see how it goes and see if that sort of shtick is endearing to other people. <laughs> totally. It's a great podcast still. Um, on great podcasts, uh, I've been listening to one of the nominees from the Australian Podcast Awards, which were announced last week, or sorry, the finalists. Uh, it's unapologetically Asian, um, so it's called. It's the place where we can talk about navigating through adult. Hood as Asian Australians. It's hosted by two Vietnamese Australian girls, Tiana Nguyen and Thuy Nguyen. 60 episodes. I really enjoyed the last couple, only to find out that Thuy is leaving. Ah. And the podcast isn't done, but the podcast as it has been with two Viet- Vietnamese Australian girls talking, one of them's gone. Uh-huh. So it's going to have to reinvent itself and great and more to come, but that was a bit disappointing. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, you know, both being Vietnamese, I wonder if they will sort of look for more representation across 
again inverted commas the the Asian sort of Australian experience and as an Asian Australian or half Asian Australian it was something that really interested me we've been playing around with podcasts in this space and just haven't been able to get one together so I thought they'd done a great job yeah awesome definitely be bailing them up at the podcast awards shout out to them unapologetically Asian one that I sort of found interesting that again if you log on to Spotify sometimes you just get the pop-up notifications telling you about the new stuff that they are primarily creating which is you know as you would imagine case 63 is a latest one so this is a, a fiction podcast which is being uh, acted by two very well-known actors julianne moore and Os- oscar isaac right oscar isaac was in that big one um the julia that became a julia roberts tv show yeah homecoming yeah. so no stranger to this so i mean this is really kind of interesting stuff because this is what they're going for here i'll give you just a quick little log line there it's a new york psychiatrist uh julianne moore is treating a patient case 63 the titular case um, who claims to be from the year 2062. So this is obviously Oscar Isaac. It's a two-person uh, show here. I think like, you know, Homecoming, it is, it's kind of condensed in, in you know, the setting, um, but it's big lofty topics. And you can imagine something like this going from the podcast kind of space onto TV and being able to, or, you know, film or whatever, and being able to kind of, you know, live within that room, that, that sort of psychiatrist setting. But also if someone's claiming to be from the year 2062, then there's a lot of kind of flash forwards i guess that you could use and and really kind of you know make it quite an interesting visual experience but it's a great testing ground i also kind of was interested by this as well because it's a co-production between spotify and, and gimlet who they own but off the back of a whole bunch of the shows being you know cancelled from gimlet they've obviously taken a big hit with this big gamble and some of the learnings probably with having these big you know names associated with something and bringing them in and then you know maybe bring forward this prestige podcast era yeah yeah so is that what we're looking at here prestige podcasting mm, i think so so it takes two forms which is either we've got the celebrity the megan markle sort of obama type thing mm-hmm. or i guess kim k and then on this side you've got the prestige where you're pulling in like real sort of voice talent for these scripted stuff look forward to it yeah we'll see how that goes beautiful all right well look that wraps it up for the week we're getting close to the australian podcast awards that's right. there's still one fan voting one so um that's the only award still in play everything else has been done and we're just waiting to for them to open the ballots really and um tell us we won yeah tell us who won sorry <laughs> i think a lot of people will be on the edge of their seats at the moment just waiting for the big night yep australian podcast awards anyone can rock up tickets are on sale now um it's in sydney it's at the seymour center Go to the Australian Podcast Awards website and check it out. Come down. Say good day. Thanks, as always, to everyone for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on our Instagram at Behind the Podcast or email us uh, with anything you want to know about or anything you want us to talk about at btp at dm.org.au. And thanks, as always, to our producer, Mandy Coolen. Yeah.